Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and teacher, Rosalind Wiseman. Her new book is The Distance Learning Playbook for Parents, How to Support Your Child's Academic, Social, and Emotional Development in Any Setting. Parent involvement has always been a vital part of any child's education. But the pandemic and resulting remote instruction require that parents and educators partner at a deeper level. Rosalind Wiseman brings the consummate guide to support your child's academic, social, and emotional development in any learning environment while not overwhelming you in the process. She outlines supportive strategies for navigating virtual environments to ensure effective and impactful learning that aligns the needs and expectations of teachers, parents, and students alike and brings a wealth of reassurance to harried parents about what another semester of learning from home might do to your child's education. She's the best-selling author of Queen Bees and Wannabes, the book that inspired the hit movie and musical Mean Girls. Welcome to the show, Rosalind. Nice to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. I have to tell you, uh, my uh, as most of my listeners know, that my son and daughter-in-law and three grandchildren, two, two twins, two and a half, and four older brother, four and a half, are with me right now during this pandemic. So your book was really timely for our family, and I immediately (laughs) gave it to my daughter-in-law, who is a teacher and is involved in everything that you're discussing in the book. So she just sort of honed in on it immediately. So that's my (laughs) opening statement. You are in it, in the middle of it, all the things. You are all all the time right now. (laughs) In the middle of it is exactly, yeah. It, and um, so, all right, let's start because I think so many parents are frustrated. I mean, my daughter-in-law is a teacher. That's a plus. Um, not everybody uh-huh. is a teacher. And when you're not a teacher and you're forced in these kind of, you know, this situation, it, it's not playing out well for a lot of a lot of families, a lot of kids, a lot of parents. No. So what, should, what is it's not? Yeah. It's n- yeah, so, it's not, and it's um, and I think we all need to give ourselves some grace and a lot of grace and a lot of patience. And um, you know, the thing that I always want, what I wanted to do with this process, and I have kids too, is you know, say to parents, you don't have to be your child's teacher. You, I mean, teaching is an art form; it really, really is. And but you know, we do have to support everything we can do to to keep our child's love of learning alive. That can be really, really hard right now for a lot of reasons. I mean, everybody's, it just really points to that, um, and this is why we focus so much on the book about this, is that we needed principles of well-being. Like, what were the social-emotional skills that we needed to have as parents that we need to increase and hone in on um, so that we can be better able to manage this for our kids? Because the more, the, the less anxious you are, and we're in a tough time, but the more that you have skills to be able to handle it, and as you know, right, emotions are real, but they can move, they can change. That, that The more skills we have to do that, then the better off we're going to be, the better off our kids are going to be. So I really wanted to be able to hone in on not just, and the book does do this, like what's, you know, the, the reading issues, like how do we not have kids have a loss of learning through this process? But I also wanted parents and children to have a place to be able to understand how their emotions work so that we can process this the best way we can. Yeah, I think it's really important. Let's start talk about the emotions because a lot of the the guidance that we get or the parents get is all about the how tos about specifically how to do the teaching, you know, creating a certain teaching mm. environment, all of those kinds of things. Very important, but 
this emotional stuff that's going on when you are really stuck inside or most of the time, uh, you know, with your parents, with your parent who's suddenly has to become a teacher or thinks that they have to become a teacher. It creates all Mm. kinds of emotional upheaval. And um, I mean, I notice it with my own grandson. I mean, he gets very frustrated where, you know, a year ago he was less frustrated because he was out with other kids and he had, you know, other outlets, which don't exist now, even though he has two brothers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, um, and frankly, siblings, you know, I've been talking to a lot of young people, um, and I run an organization called Cultures of Dignity, and we work with young people. So I write, and I teach, and um, and I do that all over the world. I do it virtually now. I used to do it all over the world, right? Now I do it virtually. Um, but I'm hearing from young people and the people that I work with that Cultures of Dignity are hearing from young people all over the world. And I want to say something about the siblings, which is that for the most part, I mean, there are siblings who have really big issues with each other, but we're also hearing from kids that their parents, I mean, this is like, we get so impatient. We get so frustrated when our kids are fighting and, um, and because it really, it's like annoying with all the, you know, the noise and the screaming and all of that stuff. And um, it speaks to your, to what you just said that like, they might be bickering. Like a lot of kids have been saying, we're just bickering. We're just fighting, like not like a big deal, but my mom or my dad is like freaking out on us because <laughs> The parents are so impatient and they're so, you know, strung tight. And so the kids are like, no, we're not really fighting. We're just sort of bickering. But um, siblings are telling me, again, if they are getting along, you know, pretty well, that um, their, their relationships are way stronger. This is actually one of the benefits um, for kids with siblings is that their, 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 relation, their, fam, their sibling relationship, excuse me, is stronger. But it really speaks to, like, friendships are so important right now. They always are. But, I mean, think about it. Like, if you don't have, like, how well can anybody do in their work, be it a work or school or whatever, whatever, like, how, how well can anybody do in anything when your emotions are off, when you're upset, when you feel like, you know, that you can, you're out of control of the things that are happening in your life that are important to you when you're feeling overwhelmed. So it's so important, so important to connect. Like, you know, we're all worried about this loss of learning that kids are going to experience, but We've got to keep our kids well, emotionally well, so that they can weather this experience. And when they do that and they have the social skills to be able to manage themselves, and they will be able to participate in their learning much more effectively. I mean, a very specific way is that if they're on um, a Zoom class and they don't understand what's going on or they're really frustrated about something that's happening in the Zoom class because some other student is being obnoxious, what we know is that a lot of young people don't feel comfortable talking to their teachers about that. And that's a skill to be able to, you know, know when to do it. Not like every single problem that comes up, you know, we want people to be able to handle things on their own, but with the skills, part of those skills is knowing when you're overwhelmed and you need to go talk to somebody and you need to know what the characteristics are of that person that deserves basically that you're going to go tell them, right? It's not just one person. It's like, what do I need in an adult? And that's a skill. So our young people, our kids, our children need these skills and then they can do math better. Then they can do Spanish better. Then they can do their language arts better. So it's all integrated. It doesn't exist without, without each other supporting. And I think that takes me back to and able to, for parents particularly, to be able to do that. And you talk about this in the book, but why self-care is really critical for parents they have to, you have to, it has oh, to start yeah. with, yeah, because if they're not taking care of themselves, they're not going to be able to take care of their kids in the way that you just described. So what kind of self-care, what do they need to do? Well, I, you know, I have to, I was, I was on a Zoom 
call as, you know, presentation as I do a lot these days. And I was doing it with a, um, somebody who's a social worker and a school social worker. And she said during the presentation to the school district, which I really just thought was like a little bit, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, you, right now about like taking care of yourself and you put your oxygen on, you like the flight attendant. Yeah. You, they tell you to put the, you know, mask on first. But you know what? I thought what she said actually was better. She said that if you're a passenger in a plane and you see the flight attendant getting really nervous and really like they don't know what is going on and they can't handle themselves, that makes you really nervous. Um, and if we can think about it as our children are the passengers in the plane and our and the parents are the flight attendant, if the flight attendant, you know, if we can look like and really say, and this includes actually ironically, being able to say, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to figure it out. Or, wow, I had a really bad day today, but I'm going to take time to take care of myself so that I can be calmer and then I can be calmer with you. You don't, you, you know, you can't, you, parents can't handle everything all the time really well. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that if we learn to manage our negative emotions, then we're role modeling how to do that with our kids. And so we can say like, oh my gosh, today was a particularly bad day or, you know, today, I, or I've just I just freaked out at you and I just yelled and I'm, I'm really sorry. And I'm just going to take a moment um, or a few minutes to really get myself together for myself and for you. So you were, we're really being clear about like, I'm taking care of myself for myself. And in doing that, I'm going to help you also because I'm going to be the parent you need me to be. And I think what's also critical in why, when you're doing it or when you're saying it, it's how you're saying it. It's, you can say that oh, if you're sure. screaming, I need to take care of myself or you're crying or yeah. you're, then it's not as effective as if you can calm down and then say it in a way that, that is reassuring. Like the example you just gave, you know, so the kid that you're. Oh the, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, if, you know, if you lose it, like if you lose it, I certainly have lost it with my children. Boy, over the summer, I had some serious moments. I had some yeah. serious moments <laughs> of losing it. And then afterwards, um, you know, sometimes your children look at you like, oh, no, mom has lost yeah. her mind. Yeah, <laughs> right, she's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, right, you can't, right. And so, you know, when you see that in your children's face, you need to take it seriously, meaning you need to like say, you know what? I, and you can, I, I try and do it in a way that is funny for me. Like, okay, I clearly have losing my mind right now. I'm repeating myself constantly. I'm following you around the house, whatever it is you do. Um, and I really do need to take a moment, which by the way, means that your children have to listen to that. Because when you say, I'm going to take a moment, um, that doesn't literally, that does not mean that your kids can then go and inter- interrupt that. Like, mom, I need you, mom, 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 mom. Mm-hmm. That's not what that is. It is like, no, actually, I said to you, I need to take a moment. So I'm going to tell you when my moment is over. So you have to follow through. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Boundaries are super important. And, you know, boundaries are important. So we need to be there for our children. And, like, this thing is about being, as I, in this book is called The Distance Learning Playbook. And I really, it was pretty crazy how it came about because I've, you know, I do write a lot of books, but I was, the other authors approached me in the summer and said, this is so important. Can we write this in like four weeks, six weeks? And so we can get this out to parents as quickly as possible. And I really felt like there was no, like we had to, because parents need, like they need to know what they need to know. And there's so much out there. Um, and it can be really confusing at the best of times. So really t- like, in, so in the book, one of the, like, I was like, what do I have to choose? There's so many things I want to choose that we have to keep this sort of really, really condensed to what's the most important thing. And so self-compassion is really the most, is really the thing that I really focus on it's because if you're self-compassionate, 
then it actually gives you a way to step away from the experiences and feelings and negative feelings that you have, and it allows you to move through them more quickly. And so it's really important for parents to remember for themselves and for their children that the whatever emotion you're feeling in this moment, nobody has the right to say to you, you're taking it the wrong way. By the way, similar, you know, a little bit like your previous segment on domestic violence, right? That that's, you know, one of the hallmarks, unfortunately, is somebody saying you don't have the right to feel the way you're feeling. And you always have the right to the feeling that you, the feelings that you have. And you can process them, think them through, self-reflect, that through the process, the emotions change. And that you're in through that process, you can really get to a different place about it. And the other thing I would tell parents is, too, is, if, you're, if your child comes to you and says, like, I hate school or it's boring or I'm overwhelmed, those big words, I would strongly suggest that you ask your kids, well, what does that mean? Like, give me more details because the more emotionally granular they can get, the more they can describe their feelings more specifically, the more their emotional intelligence goes up and the more their anxiety goes down and that they can name more specifically what it is because kids very often will say now, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, but they could be meaning a million different things when they say I'm stressed. So we need to really ask the questions of, can you just give me a little bit more information? Can you give me more words to describe what you feel? That's great advice uh, or a great guideline, I should say. So once you've done that, there's also other people that you have to connect to, obviously. We're talking about parents and children, but you also talk about in the book the best way to connect with your child's teacher because you're going to be connecting in a different Mm. way than if you were going to school and talking to them. And this is a whole different set of context, I guess. So how do you connect with your teacher in this context? Well, first you have How to do give parents them, connect like, with the child. Yeah, you just, yeah, you have to. Yeah, sure. I mean, so your if your child comes back home, it's not funny. I'm still saying that if your child comes home, <laughs> child's going to be right there. Um, so yeah. if your child gets <laughs> off their Zoom classes and says, you know, I am so frustrated, right? I'm so overwhelmed. I'm getting so much more work online than you know homework online than I used to. I don't understand what's happening. You know, all those kinds of things. Um, I would really have the really have the child sit down, make make them a cup of hot chocolate or tea or whatever it is, like have them have a couple breaths, and then I'd have them write down. And if they're little, they can draw this. By the way, I'm a, like I love drawing your feelings, no matter how old you are. Um, but have them draw or write after they've calmed themselves down, after you've given them the emotional comfort, right, of like that cup of you know, co- cocoa or a cup of tea, and just sit them quietly. Have them breathe like one or two times and then say, okay, can you write down for me? But this is really for them. Can you write down for me exactly what's happening that you don't like or that is, you know, aggravating you, upsetting you? So write down exactly what it is that you don't like. So those are facts. These are not necessarily feelings right now. Um, And so tell me exactly what's happening that you don't like. Say what it is that you would like. So, for example, if a child, I don't know, submitted something for homework on Schoology or another platform, but they didn't get credit for it because the teacher didn't see it and they're frustrated because they're like, I did do the homework, but I've got a missing assignment on my infinite campus or whatever the platform is that your school uses. Um, then you re- let's take a moment because what ha- there could be a lot of information that you don't know or that your child has forgotten um, that informs the process. So have them write down everything they don't like, what they want. Then what I would 
that I would suggest is for them to take, and they're going to go like, mom, I already did this. Mom, I already did this. They're like, all right, but let's just go through this one more time with you. Just, a, just get as much information as possible before we proceed. So your child's going to go through slowly all of the, you know, information that's come at them about this class. Then you are going to look at it. And now you're going to be, uh, it depends on how old the child is, but you're going to look at, in general, you're going to look at, okay, what did the teacher say in their communication to you and to your child about the class, about the assignments, about how to communicate with that teacher, and then using that information, so the combination of that information, then you reach out to the teacher, or you and your child reach out to the teacher, or if your child's older, they reach out to the teacher. And this is about, this is also emotional skill, uh, social and emotional skills, because the child, sometimes children get the best of us. When we send emails, they can be rude. Like, I didn't get, you're not giving me an assignment, you know, credit for my assignment. It's like, hi, Mrs. Wiseman, or hi, Rosalind. Um, I'm frustrated because, you know, I'm missing this assignment. I'm not really sure where it is. Can you please work with me to, right? So you're saying exactly what it is. It's not a demand. Um, if you have to get to a place where you're talking to the teacher, I would say, here's what my understanding is of the problem, and then put in this email, but there, I'm sure there are things that I don't quite, that I don't know or don't understand that you could help me understand so I understand the situation better. And then say, I know you're probably swamped with emails right now because teachers are getting hundreds of, I mean, what they're dealing with right now is so beyond challenging that um, we just really have to give each other grace and we really have to give each other the benefit of the doubt and say, so like, when is a good time to meet? Here are two times for me to meet. I look forward to it. Um, and if the teacher in the meeting says to you, and this is the case, I do this with anybody who I'm talking to says something to me that makes me irritated, is that when, if the teacher says something that's really frustrating, I would say as like a default response, help me understand and then repeat what that person just said and try and have a genuine tone of voice, not a snarky, sarcastic tone of voice. So help me understand why the school has put the assignments on three different platforms. So it is, right? So that it's super understandable that the kids are completely confused about where to submit their work. So um, that's what I would do. That's sort of the overall strategy of reaching out to a teacher. I have two questions. We don't have that much time left, but I was going to, I mean, you're kind of touching on this, but there is, there are basics and you talk about this in the book too, I guess, but the basics of online etiquette, there is online etiquette, which mm. is, you know, there's some nuances that are different than if you're actually obviously in doing in-person uh, um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, so one of the things that um, my colleagues and co-writers we talked about and included was that um, young people are in a situation now where they have to look at themselves all day on their virtual classes. And, you know, I don't know if you're listening to this, you remember what it felt like when you were 12, 13, 14 years old or 10, you know, you, sometimes you have moments of being self-conscious. So there's a, um, so one of the things we thought would be helpful is um, for your child to, um in their whatever platform they're using, that they um, cut off the screen, they stop the screen for themselves. So they're not looking at their own faces during class. So I think that's actually something that's helpful for, for students because it is also as a teacher, as somebody who's on the receiving end of working with students, it's really helpful to see their faces. Um, and yet I understand that sometimes that's really hard for kids. So um, we want to be able to balance both, both things. Um, and then one the last question because we have like three minutes yeah. left and I just want to know like oh, I, I know sure. this book is for 
all parents or parents and teachers, but mm-hmm. do you have to have some level of sophistication to be able to do all of this? Does the parent need at least, I mean, do you need a college education? It sounds, it can oh gosh, sound no. somewhat overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But isn't that what parenting is sometimes, right? Parenting is overwhelming. And yes. um, no, God, goodness, no. The book is divided into like the, the definition. Why is it important? Why is it important in distance learning? Here's a, a key activities, you know, very short, concrete things that you can apply and then key messages. So my goodness, if you're a parent, this is for you. We would never, ever, ever do something that would be, I, I don't know what the word is, that wouldn't be applicable to all parents. And Gosh, there are so many parents, regardless of academic degree or anything like that, that sometimes I'm not, you know, that that doesn't, and I know you're not saying this, but it's not necessary, right, of being a good parent. And so it's really important to be able, we have to be able to reach each other and be able to work with each other. And so this is absolutely for everybody, 100%. Yeah, well, I think it's so important that you said that because, yes, Good parents, it has nothing to do with your education, <laughs> but, and we need to know mm-hmm. that about the book too, which is, yeah, this is for everybody. This is for all of us and, um, and, and for grandparents as well. I mean, you have a whole, you oh know, my gosh. I'm looking, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, three yeah, well, yeah, I think you actually hit this on the head and I know we have 10 seconds left, but you just said it exactly so beautifully, which is what would be more important that you have a PhD in like seven different, in one top, whatever, if you have a PhD and you're a parent or, and you're talking constantly about the thing that you went to school for, or you're a parent who just knows how to love a child and hold them accountable and be in relationship with them. It's a great example, a great example of why social emotional learning and these things are just so incredibly important for our kids always, not yeah. especially right now, but always. Yeah, always pre-COVID and now just you need to be attuned and in tune. Okay. So Rosalind, give us some websites we can go to for more yes, information ma'am. about. Um, yeah. So, so the distance learning playbook is everywhere um, that you're going to find a book. And um, <laughs> the name of my organization is called cultures of dignity.com. It's on, you know, we're on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, and if you have any questions about it, definitely, I'm, you know, you can um, get more information about us and all the different programs we're doing to support families right now um, and email us at curious at culturesofdignity.com. So please great. come and check it out. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show. It was great. Great having you My today. My pleasure. Thank great you. Great information. Okay. Yeah, Bye. Thanks. Bye. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 